Some people they drink too much Some people don't drink enough Some people are just like me All right, welcome back to Coctology, part of the Pull Tab Sports Network. Um, I've got my oldest Charlie with today. Hello again. And for the first time, we've got an audience uh, and we're going to actually interact with them a little bit. One of them celebrated his 50th last night at our distillery. Welcome to you all. Thank you. Thanks. (laughs) Um, If you... If you live near us, you know that it is colder than hell outside. Um, We're going to try and touch on cocktails that you can enjoy around the holidays a little bit on this episode because tis the season. Yeah, we're recording this on December 23rd. Uh, We're also going to touch on some trends in cocktails. We're going to get into a little bit of uh, something new that we're doing here at the distillery called the Jackalope Society and some of the things that go along with that. Uh, And then we're going to give you an update on a couple of things that we've done in the past and the way things have played out. But first, I think it was 10 or 11 below when I woke up this morning and it made me think of a story from when I was in college in North Dakota at uh, North Dakota State University going to their what? 11th out of the last 12 years national championship in a couple of weeks here, bison Same football. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, and in the fraternity, we happened to write this one act play. I was just a writer of the thing, but eventually one of the guys, Joe Palo, got sick on the last night of the thing. And because I had written it and because I'm a little bit of a weirdo, I'd somehow managed to memorize every line. And it, but we led into this thing. With Q98, which was the Fargo sort of rock and roll station, I guess. And I'll never forget that this was live, it was live audio. And the guy said, good morning, Fargo. It's 21 below outside. With the wind chill, we're over 100 below zero. State of, uh, State of North Dakota has been declared a national emergency and the governor has closed all non-essential operations. NDSU will have classes as usual. And then they kicked into foreigners. You're as cold as ice. Anyway, that was the lead in to the beginning of the one act play. And it made me think of how cold it is right now. It's normally not enjoyable to be outside minus 10. How are you liking it? You know, it's never the cold that gets to me. It's the wind. And so when it's windy, I'd rather be anywhere else. And I followed you to Fargo. So yeah. what the hell am I doing? Yeah. You chose. You chose, <laughs> chose to it. go to school I chose there. After and I, that's all I think about. Anything yeah, after, I'm like, it. It's my fault. That's good stuff. All right. Well, Christmas is just around the corner. Uh, what's your favorite Christmas cocktail in your short drinking life? My short, you know, I think the Mrs. Claus hit the mark the first time. That, yeah. That was my first like Christmas drink when we had that party in our basement and it was conceived. Yeah. But now it's called the Church Lady, of course. Most people that have been to the distillery you know because it's still number two on the list. After all of these times, it's the number two cocktail whenever people are ordering. Um, we had a couple... On, I think we talked about this in the last podcast, but the sage rosemary old fashioned has gone really well. Um, the maple walnut smoked. We changed that to smoked after the smoked podcast. Big fan of that one. Um, both of those old fashions have been ordered a lot, but uh, as Mark can attest, he's got a gentleman sitting in front of him right now. The gentleman, which is the classic 1880 version of the old fashioned whiskey, sugar, Bitters. Stop. 
It's kind of fun that we're bringing that back because even though it's the simple original, like you can't really get it in very many places. Well, what I what I, what I do anyway. very much like about it in particular is that it's very spirit forward. Like it's the star of the show is the bourbon. And the fact that people order it here a lot means they like the bourbon. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we can keep doing that well. We've got Bloody Marys in front of us this morning. Yes, sir, with some picklebacks. Yeah, with picklebacks. I don't know. I mean, Jeb probably remembers the episode. He's an avid Ooh. listener. <laughs> we decided, uh, or I actually found a pickle sour beer. And so rather than having pickle juice, which is a true pickleback, we've got one that tastes like pickles. So still pretty tasty. I'm impressed with how much the pickle comes through in the beer. That's good. That's good. <laughs> All right. Let's start. Uh, let's start with uh, the Jackalope Society. I don't want to dwell on this, but it's something that I'm probably not going to talk a lot about in this in the shop. Um, but it is our member society, and there will be a lot of things that go along with being a member. The first and foremost is you're going to get uh, a permanent rabbit's foot with your member number on it. You're going to sell 50 of these in the year, and then you're going to get a a discount that goes to every drink you order, discount that goes to every piece of swag you order, discount goes to every bottle you order, but maybe the more, and that's just to make it so that it it's valuable. But do they get a discount on barrel shares though? Ah, well, barrel shares, that's the newest thing. Um, and they are only going to be available to society members. Yeah, so so way, yes. essentially what we're going to do is lay down barrels of bourbon that are pre-bought and by pre-buying them and taking all the risk off of the distiller shoulders, you'll get them for a lot less. I, I think I figured out something like 25 to $30 a bottle for bourbon. And we're going to do it all the way down to 10 gallon barrels so that, you know, people could come in and buy a third of it and get it sooner rather than later. Well, no, they'd get it. Well, if well, 10, gallons. 10 gallons, yeah, yeah, right. Because smaller barrels age faster, uh, but we're going to do it all the way up to 53s. And then in the interim, as the whiskey ages, we'll, we'll do barrel tastings. Mm-hmm. So the people that own the barrels will get to go up. And it'll also be one where if you're the first person to buy a barrel share, that means you get one of the barrel caps. So when the barrel is emptied, we'll cut the end off and you'll have something cool to hang on your wall in your home. And we're, uh, we'll logo all the barrels. So it'll have the lucky guys logo on it for, and we'll probably have you sign it. Um, and this all came about, I had a couple of people tell me one of them in particular went to South Dakota and he bought, um, he and his buddy bought five 53 gallon barrels each. So 10 total. That was the guy's minimum. He said it's 10, 10 barrels minimum for an order. Wow. And it was 30 grand. Goddamn. And you have to wait four years to get it. But here's the craziest part. They went to South Dakota to buy these barrels. And the guy has Paul make them in New Richmond. <laughs> Same dude. <laughs> and Paul is very good at making rye. I will give 45th Parallel huge props on their aged spirits. They're very good. Um, I prefer his border bourbon to his New Richmond rye. But they're both very good. He's obviously an outstanding whiskey maker. But... When I found out that they were doing that, I realized I should probably at least offer something. I don't feel like I could do it. Couldn't charge $3,000 a barrel? Or, or say it's, I don't think I could, I think I could, I think it's worth $3,000 a barrel. Because when you think about 
53 gallons probably ages down to 35 gallons. True. Right? So you're basically paying $100 for every gallon, but every gallon is going to yield you five to six bottles. So you're, you're, you're paying definitely. 25 to 30 bottles, $30 a bottle. That's just not a lot when you're talking about really good aged whiskey because whiskey, brown whiskey in particular, is in a huge shortage globally. Really? Aged, yeah. I don't know. Um, I think I Why talked do you think to- that is? Did just like COVID ruin the supply? Well, and, and well, and hoarding. Like people are collecting whiskeys now. You know, you look all over Instagram, you'll see the guy who's got 560 bottles just and none of them are open. I'm yeah. like, what are you doing? Like, it's cool that you're collecting them, but I hope it's not like your life savings. <laughs> Got to enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other thing we do for people who want bourbon, because as most people know, I don't have enough to sell yet. We go through it in the tasting room too quickly. But you can buy a barrel aging kit, um, which is featured right here on the table for those watching. But it's a little three liter barrel. You, you buy our Willow River unaged whiskey, fill it. And within six weeks, you have pretty darn good bourbon. At least past what two years would be, so yeah, to speak. exactly. And so that's and that's a gift idea for those of you who somehow managed to catch us around the holidays. We're gonna we only have probably twenty of those left. I'm but impressed, they've been flying off the shelves. They have been doing well, and and it tastes good. Um, all right. Last night, which was a Thursday, was the busiest Thursday we've had in a long time. Um, Ever, I was right? what? Ever. Oh, uh, well, maybe since we opened. Yeah. We had the soft opens were stuffed to the gills those nights too. But like, and then Eric, of course, our lead mixologist um, had gotten sick. So we were down a man. Down the trained man too. <laughs> <laughs> he can, yeah. But he, he can put his head down and crush making cocktails. That was, it was a tough night. Harrison was wrecked. No kidding. He was still kind of wrecked this morning. I think that's half the reason he didn't show up. Mm. Yeah. Um, let's move on. Um, we were talking about trends. Um, everybody knows seltzers. Your favorite seltzer is? You know, I've thought about that before. White, white, you know, white calls it terrible. I think most people can agree. Which is because it's a, a bar. A malt malt liquor. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. They were just the first to the market, so they were. They got their cut of it for that yeah. reason. I really like the high noons. Yeah. I think those have, because they use actual vodka, and I feel like the fruit flavor comes through really well. But I also have really been enjoying the Vizzies. Yeah. Have you had those? Yeah. Yeah, I'm a big fan of those ones. Uh, have you tried Stillies yet? I haven't, but I've, I remember that. You event. guys have favorites when it comes to those seltzers? I'm okay on the Vizzies. Yeah. Those are good in the Cardless. Have you heard of those? What? I've not heard of those. C-A-R-D-L-I-S-S. Oh. Mm. Okay. They sell them right down here. Um, they don't sell them everywhere. Though, so they yeah, I haven't heard of this one. Do they uh, have different flavors? Yeah, they have like a margarita flavor. Ooh. I'll have to swing through and get some of those. Yeah, on. passion fruit sounds good too. How are the stilly ones though? I remember the, the event where they were everywhere. Yeah, I, listen, they're good. Um. I, I'm always more in love with any cocktail where I know that someone went start to back and stilly. They bought their vodka from someone and they found somebody to do a canning for them. And, you know, lime, black cherry, mango, and all the basic stuff. I'm like, seen come on, everybody's got before. the, can we, 
Like I, I really, I really hope we can get this canned church lady across the finish line and the canned purple source Rex across the finish line, because there are two things you don't ever see. One, you never see color in those things. They're always clear, which means, you know, there's no natural flavoring in it because you can't take kind of mango clear. juice and make it clear. So it's, and again, not that I'm, I'm not, not liking them. I actually really like canned cocktails uh, and seltzers. I'm hoping we can, but now we're hearing, I'm reading about spiked sodas. And I assume that's just, you know, again, aimed at the 21 to 30 generation. Plus that's just kind of been the trend too, is whatever you can slam some alcohol in, give it a go. <laughs> and somebody's probably going to buy it. Yeah. We had, we were doing a tasting at O'Brien's, uh, which is a liquor store in Stillwater that just started picking up our stuff. And this kid who's probably 23 or 24 came in to buy something and he came over and he tasted the grape uh, vodka that I had mixed with Sprite just because it's not really to be meant to be drank on ice. You got to mix something. Yeah, it's got no sweetness on its own. And it was funny because he goes, oh, my God, that's crushable. And I went, <laughs> that's what I'm going to call this canned cocktail if I make it. And then I thought I should just do a whole series. And because grape crush and orange crush, my buddy Kirk and I call them dessert pop. Do you? Yeah. And you guys said how many flavors are were seven. And the one I think that caught my eye the most was pineapple, but I would actually like grapefruit. To, I thought grapefruit would be the one to catch your Oh, ear. I didn't even hear grapefruit. That was one of them too. Yeah. Do you remember Rondo? Oh, yeah. The thirst crusher? <clears throat> yellow can. God, that stuff was good. Never. That must have been gone before like, my time. I don't I don't think it made it to my college years. It was a short-lived. Yeah, but it was really good. Um but I was thinking we should do a whole series and call them crushable. Like we could make orange. We definitely should do the pineapple. I really, I just like, I know I'm copying someone with pineapple, but, and then peach is one that I would like to do, but grapefruit would be a good one too. Yeah. You do like peach with your, your peach crown. You got yeah. The basement. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, I found out that all they do is add peach juice to crown oh. and sugar. And I didn't really realize that at first, but. I figured there had to be some amazing distillation trick, right? No, just add peach juice and sugar. <laughs> oh, cool. Works, works. So that's a new trend, uh, spiked sodas. Um, I, I think I already mentioned the old-fashioned update, but I think smoked cocktails, they have been one of the more well-received things we've done in a while. I think it's because not only, like, I think the show that it brings is really, like, really a big part of the draw. Yeah. I have not served a smoke cocktail to someone in that box where you open it and the smoke starts whipping out where the first thing they do is you get pull the camera out and take a picture every single time. I know. It's amazing. Yeah, those smoke boxes are awesome. It really is. And I can't believe how, like, I know we talked about it on the last episode, but they're so cheap. It's yeah. like 75 bucks, I think, paid for the box and the smoker. And we got Barney Arneson, um, one of our customers who brings us in his shavings from when he's doing is that where you get them from? I was wondering yeah. where you got them from. So it's most cool. of the stuff, I again, this is a repeat a little bit from last time, but most of it's butternut, but we've started smoking the walnut with walnut. And he told me the last time he was in, he's like, that stuff's not a lot. There's not a lot of stuff where I'm shaving up walnut. That's expensive woods. Yeah, be right. careful not to go through it too quickly. So I guess we got to be careful with that. Take some shavings off the bar when you run out. All right. Uh, we're going to transition into holiday cocktails. I've got a woo, 
whopper of a cramp in my left leg right now. <laughs> should, have had a should have had a banana before he came over. I did have a banana this morning. because. It's, all right. Uh, sorry. Too. All right. So <laughs> something, Doc, one of our regulars who's always here, uh, I would say he's always here first, right? Would you say he's always the first one of the day? Because he always does the crawl where he goes down the line, and I think he starts with us. So he's, <laughs> he's there when we open, pretty much on the mark. And he is, like Mark, has switched to the gentleman as his preferred old-fashioned choice. Um, he mentioned to me last night that we should we just started carrying red wine. That's a good shout-out for this. Uh, Rob Fowler is a local winemaker. Um, and while I'm sure he fiddles around with some local grapes, primarily makes them from Napa and they're, or California, I shouldn't say Napa because I don't think it's that distinct. But Most people in Minnesota do that though. He has a really, really nice red that we started to carry by the glass that is a bourbon barrel uh, red table wine. It's very nice. Um, I, I, don't, I don't think I know the exact breakdown, but it, it plays like a Cabernet. Uh, really nice. And Doc said last night, oh, so shout out to Rob and um, very grateful for his partnership in providing us. We found out recently we can carry beer too. So hopefully if that comes through, we'll have something. But I was really happy to partner with someone local for the for the wine. We're going to do the same thing with the beer primarily. But he said, you should feature that wine in a cocktail. He goes, I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's called a sangaree. And I Someone who was sitting at the bar said, no, it's pronounced sangria. And he goes, <laughs> no, I know what sangria is. This is called a sangria. And so I Googled it. And it is a spirit. It, it goes back 250 years um, to where they would mix fortified wine, which more commonly referred to as port. And I don't know if I know you're, you're get, you get to go to Spain here shortly. And now you're going to make the take down to Portland and around Portland, Portugal. And yeah, Lisbon. Get after it. And I think there's actually a region not near Lisbon. Porto, maybe it might be. Probably. But anyway, um, because the reason fortified wine exists is because the wine that was in France wouldn't make it to England would before it, it would spoil. And so they found that by adding brandy to it and fortifying it, then it could make the trip. And so that's how port was born. And of course, if you think about where they're at, it's being shipped. The Spanish wines are being shipped. They, had the they were on lines. the yeah, yeah, they were on the westernmost coast of Spain. And so, usually, it's uh, fortified wine as a base of this drink. Um, one ounce of that, two ounces of. That's the thing I like about it. There's like seven different accepted choices as your like base spirit. Like people have used gin. People just use straight up red wine, or just double port wine, or vodka, or even bourbon. Yeah. And uh, it did suggest that you try and stick to fruit, not based, but fruit inspired. Or things that at least would play well with fruit. Right. Of course, because you're pairing grapes. Um, so we tried it with two. We tried it with our Kirschwasser, which is a cherry brandy, unaged. It's a very German product. And we tried it with our barrel aged gin. Those are the two. And I'll admit, as much as I like the idea of Kirschwasser and what it means. Uh, First batch didn't really come through. Well, I don't, I don't know. I have no frame of reference. I suppose. Yet, right? I have yet to find a Kirschwasser that's made in the traditional style, which is unaged. And Because if you go 
Most of the cures you'll find in Wisconsin, you'll find in the northeast portion of the state where the cherries were made. But they're usually blends of cherry juice and cherry brandy. And that cheats because now you're, of course, you don't, you're, it's not supposed to taste like cherries. It's supposed to have cherry essence. Anyway, it worked, it worked but I think the barrel-aged gin one worked better. So Maybe there's my souvenir idea for you all. Bring home some European kirsch. Ooh, see this kid. Something <laughs> else. Um, but here's the idea. So you take an ounce of your favorite port wine or even a, a good hearty red. Add in two ounces of, of a gin or a vodka or a brandy, something that has a, at least a little fruit essence. A half of an ounce of simple syrup, it's easier than adding sugar, a splash of water, shake it or stir it aggressively until it's chilled, uh, strain it into an up glass or a small coupe glass, and then sprinkle grated nutmeg on it. And we found that if you took a, an, a lemon curl, express the lemon into it, the oil. Yep, rub the rim of the glass and throw the curl into it. It's very nice. It's a nice wine forward cocktail that I really enjoyed. We're going to, I think we're going to put it on the post January 1st menu. Mm-hmm. And it certainly is booze forward. I've read that sangria was sort of invented as the more crowd pleasing version of sangria. That oh, is that right? Sweeter. All right. I didn't know that. More pleasant, but I'm a fan of booze forward. So I feel like sangria is more of my alley. Anyway. Yeah, that makes sense. Cause yeah, I didn't know that either. That sangria was only invented in 61. Hasn't been around for all that long. That's weird, actually, because if you think about even like the the next one on the list, eggnog reaches back almost four hundred years. Yeah, way back in the UK. And in Germany, of course, they make mulled wine, or they call it Glühwein, um, which is essentially just warmed wine, and then they'd throw in things like cloves, cinnamon sticks, spices. Yeah, and heat it up to where the wine would extract flavor from, you know, mm-hmm. simmering it for long periods of time. So, yeah. And then you'd add sugar to make it more palatable and also thicken it up a little bit and you'd serve it. Do you remember tasting it when we were in Chicago with Stephanie and Mike? I don't. We were at the Chris Kindle Plets. I remember Christmas being, market. I remember being there. I don't remember trying wine. Yeah. All right. Why don't we take a short, uh, we're going to give our shout out to, oh, good gracious um we're gonna give our shout out to jimmy's dips who is one of the sponsors of the pod um and jimmy's dips specifically for this time of year is going to be you know everybody needs dips around the holidays and they they make a dill dip that everyone um can enjoy a ranch dip a spinach dip and then the one that most catches my eye the holy smoke Smoky dip and spread. And of course, since I like aged spirits, of course, I'm going to like the, uh, I think what, I think what they refer to it is it's kind of the cool uncle of yeah. the dips, right? Told you the dirty joke when you were younger and <laughs> you, know, you weren't supposed to repeat. Yeah. That was my uncle Roger, as okay. you well know. Um, and it's a family run Minnesota company. You can find it in a lot of places. Cub has it. High V. Uh, it's I think they're really nice, and because we serve dips here, we're going to put them on our menu and start using Jimmy dip, Jimmy's dips. So if you're out and about buying for your holiday parties, 
Check out Jimmy's tips. Right on. All right, let's move on to eggnog. Very simple. It's been around a long time. It's gone through a lot of evolution in its time. And you can put, again, anything into it if you want. But bourbon is best. I agree. I mean, but you, bourbon wasn't even, bourbon wasn't used in it until it reached the Americas. Right. It actually, and the word eggnog is actually first shows up in the United States. It's actually, an American I believe, thing. I yeah, I believe that rum is the most commonly used. Because uh, apparently, what, George Washington used to serve it? And he, used, and he used rum because. I learned that what I read about is that by the time it was becoming popular over in the colonies, if you wanted to buy gin or brandy or any of those spirits, they had to be imported from Europe. And as the American colonials know, the Europeans went a little crazy with their taxes. <laughs> so they said, fuck that. Up let's, yours. Just, let's just use this Caribbean rum that's in our backyard. Yeah. And of course, that um, was one of the reasons I don't make rum is because they've been making rum in the islands for like a thousand years. They've already perfected it. How could you ever hope to measure up? The average mediocre rum that you buy that's aged in a liquor store. And I mean, not like the good stuff, but that the is right. eight yeah. plus years old. Like that's a long time. I'll be 60 something by the time <laughs> I have eight year old anything that I make. I don't want to do that. I don't want to wait around that long. But eggnog, super easy to make. You could make it Probably with you ha- what you have at home right now, because all you need are eggs, cream, sugar, vanilla, and booze. And some spice, you know, cinnamon, clove, this and that. Yeah, you can you can go up or down. Alton Brown, huh? My goat. Love Your my guy. favorite guy. <laughs> Charlie and I, when we were, when he was little, we would watch, one of the things we would watch together was a show called Good Eats. Yeah, if you want your kid to be good at cooking, watch cooking shows with him. Get that, get that seed planted early. <laughs> yeah, we're lucky. When you come home, uh, the other night it was our Joe, our youngest, it was his birthday. And so Charlie made reverse seared filet mignons. My goodness. Each one had its own little clove of roasted garlic sitting on the top. <laughs> okay, so when you're making eggnog, the two, the two things to keep in mind are you need to separate your whites and your yolks. And you need to basically work them separately. You work the yolks in with all of the stuff. As you cook it. Yeah. And believe me, the the easiest way to do it, and when we make it over the lake, we'll just look up a recipe. Actually, if you just Google Alton Brown's eggnog, that's what the one that I'm going to make. And it'll tell you right how to do it. You, 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 it's easier if you have a mixer. Yes. But a Cuisinart works great. And in a pinch, you can just use a whisk. But the hard part, the one that makes it a little easier to have those machines is you need to whip the whites into stiff peaks. Yeah, stiff peaks. And that means you whip the whites alone until they form soft peaks, and then you add in sugar until the peaks stiffen. And then you fold that into the mixture of everything else that you've already spun, and boom, you're done. And, uh, you know, it'll only hold for a couple of days, but honestly, if, if, it, if it lasts longer than a couple of days, you didn't like it. And don't make it anymore because <laughs> it doesn't make it more than two hours when we do it. Yeah, right. Especially when you have a crowd. Right. I mean, that's, but who doesn't love standing in the kitchen during the holidays and talking it out with everybody? Over yeah, the, making over stuff. Making stuff gives you something to do. Plus, if you use a regular whisk, forearms will get yoked. Y- yoked. <laughs> <laughs> 
That was pretty good. <laughs> um, one of the crazy parts about canning that I had no idea existed. So the reason I haven't done it yet is because you need to have equipment that can take your pre-canned product to 32 degrees. Oh, it has to be cold? Yeah. And I don't have anything rigged over here for that kind of chilling. In fact, I didn't know it was even required or no, or possible to take an entire product in a, I mean, we have bright tanks, which are essentially pressurized tanks that we use to store things. We use them to ferment uh, in the process, but um, you need to have the ability. So they have, you know, you remember when you had an aquarium in your room and they have that long it looks like a stone, but it's actually, when you pass air through it, it dissipates, dissipates so it bubbles. Yep. So they, we have stones for these bright tanks for carbonating what's ever inside them. And I suppose if we hooked up, but the chiller that I have upstairs, which is a huge, it's a five ton chiller, but it only takes things to 40. So you have to have special equipment. So in order to can, I would have to spend 30 grand. Or, out, or outsource. Yeah. And this is a product I'm not even sure I'm going to make. Um, but across the street at Hop and Barrel, they've got the stuff. So hopefully we can figure out a way to, to make a, a partnership where we can't, they can can for me. And if we do that, then we're going to introduce the church lady first and find out how it's received. And then we would add spiked sodas or the crushables. Crushables. The other name we came up with was Get Rexed. Nah, crushable is better. Crushables is better. Yeah, probably. Um, and we could go from there. But uh, but I'm not sure how it's going to be. It be it just would be really cool to make like six or seven flavors that aren't out there. Because I don't think uh, there's no way I'm going to make a lime anything. There's first of <laughs> all, they're all bad. Everybody in there. Yeah, I've had a few good ones. Which ones? Um, I like the high noon one. Do you really? Do you hate it? I just don't think they're good. Yeah, I guess maybe something about the artificial lime flavor rubs you the wrong way. I think way. it's the artificial lime. Like, you know, when you when you think about even in a cocktail, using roses lime or like a half a lime or a multiple lime, it's a completely different drink. And I, it's primarily you get the lime flavor, but you don't get the acid bite. And I think the acid bite is the absolute key. Yeah, that's probably true. So that's probably the reason why I don't have the can series out yet. But, and you know, God, everybody's busy. So like, what am I going to do? Expect him to drop everything and can the church lady for me. Yeah. Plus that's half the fun working here is all the ideas you have to shelve. You yeah, I know right now, but right. Someday. I mean, if you'd have told me a year ago that I'd have 12 products sitting on the shelf, I'd have told you you were crazy. And yet, and that there they are. We haven't really even, that's probably a, a future episode is um, bitters, not bitters, but all the different types of like, you know, the Camparis and the Amaros and the, how those liqueurs should fit on your shelf. If you're, if you're trying to take it to not just the next level, but maybe three or four levels higher, because <laughs> like you always go downstairs and make us tasty cocktails, but it's not easy. Like. Yeah. You just happen to have multiple years of bartending experience. True. And yeah, that's kind of it's such a regional thing where Campari and Amaro in Minnesota and Wisconsin, unless you're going to the, the fancy schmancy bars, 
nobody's got it. So you're saying we're fancy schmancy? Are you saying we're not? No, I am saying <laughs> we're fancy. We actually were going to call one section. Remember when the original bar menu said schmancy drinks? Did it really? Yeah. I don't remember that. Because, you know, I, I'm a dive bar connoisseur. I like elevated cocktails, but you know, I'm just as happy drinking a hams in a, you know, Dirty in, in jeans that, sitting at a bad bar in the middle of the no, Wisconsin. I'm partial to Wisconsin. Fair enough. Minnesota's fine. I'm just remembering that one hockey tournament I had where all the parents were at the bar when the game was over and <laughs> the kids all rolled in. Wait, you're going to have to narrow that down. I don't think I'm Which be hockey up. tournament all the parents <laughs> were at the bar for? The only thing, I rem- only thing I can remember specifically about it is it was like a tiny town. and It was a... It was like a local dive. Hmm. Ah, whatever. I think you're. I think you're thinking of the time that we had the tournament in the Dells. It could be because there was one of the one of the places they had like we went to it. Literally, it was like a hole in the. I think some of the stuff was breaking around the bar, but they could still pour a cool, ice cold course. I think it was, I think I ordered old style because they <laughs> really? had it on tap. That's See cool. again, like garbage beers are great if they're ice cold. Yeah. Right. I was, we, we were at Dick's, which is a legendary local place here and, and they're always open. Aren't they always open? Yep. Is it 24 seven? Good God. I love that. <laughs> but actually that brings up one more story. Food, though. Their food is Here's another, here's another good story. We're going to tell this one. But we were at Dick's the other day, Charlie and I, because we came, we wanted to get some lunch. And the place we wanted to get lunch at, which was Dragon Pearl, it was Tuesday and they're closed on Tuesdays. We just didn't or realize. Closed on Mondays, they're closed on Tuesdays. Right. And so we ended up at Dick's and we, we, had, uh, we had the Frings <laughs> and then we had the tacos because it's Taco Tuesday at Dick's. And I said, we both had, or I had a bloody, you just had water. And the bloody came and she brought the snit and you can see we've got picklebacks. They're not actually picklebacks, but it's pickle flavored beer. Close. Uh, uh, so she brought over and I, I drank this snit and it was ice cold and just, God, it was good. And so she came back and she's like, can I get you guys anything else? And I said, I'll take a pint of this. What was that? And she goes, bush light. <laughs> and I was like, God, that tasted good. How can that be Bush Light? But it was Bush Light, and I was happy to have it. Don't get him going. And then the tacos were some of the best tacos I've had. And the tacos were amazing. Yeah, happy. I think we're about to get one more guest. Yeah. Is that Harrison? No, that's Olivia. Oh, Olivia. Opening squad. So we should probably wrap pretty soon because the bar is going to open eventually, but in about a half an hour here. Door locked, too. All right. So put a pin in this. We're up in Duluth. For a tournament that Charlie had, uh, U16, junior gold tournament. And we ended up in Superior for one of the games at 7 a.m. And have you guys ever been to Strikers? We know exactly. What, oh, yeah. That's what I thought you were talking about originally. Instead of Baraboo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> walk through the <laughs> industrial park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So strikers, and we when we were driving the kids to the 7 a.m. drop-off for the 8 a.m. game, we went, and I remember going, that said open. That said open. 
you guys, this is open. We can come back here and have a Bloody Mary. And it would have been, you know, so we came, we dropped the kids at seven. We drove back and the door was locked. And I was like, shit, they must have left the light, you know, the open sign on. And as we turned around, the door kicked open and the guy said, oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. So we came in and we said, we thought maybe it was a mistake. And he goes, no, I just had to mop the floor. And I said, oh, so is this normally when you open? No, we locked the door for five minutes at seven so we can mop the floor. So you're open 24 hours a day. And he goes, you're not familiar with shift work? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, hey, now, because I'm not, I'm not, I don't shy away from work, but you're right. I've never worked near a plant where they have three shifts. I never lived near a plant where they had three shifts. And we sat down and there was a guy at the bar who was there before they locked the doors to mop and he was there after. And this is, this is the greatest line ever. He said he was drunk, of course. Uh, if he was hitting it hard. He was drinking beam. Gross. Neat. Double but, gross. you know, his shift might have ended at five. It might have been his noon. I'm not judging. But I was surprised at 7 a.m. to see a guy drinking beam neat. And he says, uh, where are you guys from? Where are you guys here from? And we said, Stillwater. And he goes, is that still in Minnesota? <laughs> <laughs> that guy's a legend at our hockey story. Is that still in Minnesota? So great. You know, and speaking of legends, uh, Joe Mama's Salsa is another pull tab sports sponsor and uh, River Falls-based company, family-owned. Joe Mama's is actually named after you know, the mama, I believe her name was Josephine. And uh, not only are they super local sourced ingredients, office out of Woodbury, based in River Falls, so very local to our Hudson home, Um, but they're also huge supporters of the biggest sport this time of year, hockey. If you you send an email to fundraising at joemamas.com, they'll set you up with a program where you get to sell their salsas which are fantastic and keep 50% of the proceeds for your hockey team. So if you're looking to add uh, salsas to your holiday repertoire of putting things out for people to snack on, try Joe Mama's. I think you can find it a lot of places in the, in the Metro. So that's another one to consider. Get the garlic salsa. Is that the one? That's, the one. that's your favorite? That's favorite. I think I remember having the extra spicy and liking it the most. That tracks for you. Yeah, it does track. I like spice. All right. So appreciate you listening in to Coctology. We're, what we're trying to do is, is elevate your game a little, but also have a good time talking about it. Um, you know, we dig in a little bit to the family stories. We talk about cocktails we hope you'll consider making, maybe brighten up your family uh, holiday, or if nothing else, you can drown it out. <laughs> God knows something. So come on in, see us. We're at uh, 101 Second Street, Hudson. That's where our tasting room is. You can buy all our products here. Um, Appreciate you. Get lucky. But I'm not 